Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway wraps up our Easter series called Forever and talks about the gospel being good news. We look at John 20 verses 11 through 18 and the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Dallas talked about how everyone is invited to know about this and that the good news is good news for everyone. We hope you enjoyed this message. Very good, very good. Well, good morning again. My name is Dallas. If we have not met, you can call me Dallas, Big Tex, Texas, uh, Mavericks. I don't know what you want to call me, but that's fine. That's fine. Something about Cowboys, Daryl. You can call me Daryl. That's fine. Uh, so there may be a couple of new folks in here. So I want to make sure that you know know a little bit about who we are and uh, at least know my name, right? So um, it is Easter Sunday. That is pretty pretty exciting here at the church. I think Nathan has already mentioned it, but it, it's true that if if there is nothing to celebrate on Easter. If, if the resurrection did not happen, if Jesus really did not come back from the dead, then there's no point for us being here. This is the most important week of our faith. Uh, it's pointing, to the, the mo- pointing back to the most important moment of our faith. If Jesus was just a good guy who said some nice things, but was a little crazy because he talked about coming back from the dead and then he never actually did, then, then there would be no point, no reason for us doing, doing any of this. So this is, this is crucial. This is the center of our faith as, as Christians. And maybe if you're in the room and you're not a Christian, uh, but you'd want to know more about it or want to know more about Jesus, then that's, that's kind of a, a big deal right there. Maybe the most important piece that if the resurrection happened, then it changes everything. If it didn't happen, then there's no point to what we're, we're doing. So we're going to keep obviously talking about Easter, keep obviously talking about the resurrection, about Jesus coming back from the dead. And we're going to do it this morning by looking in John chapter 20. So you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, if you will. And as you turn there, I want to ask you, what is the, what's the best news or what is some, some good news? news that you have heard before. Uh, maybe for you, it's, it's waking up on Christmas Day, and maybe somehow you forgot that it was Christmas, but your family reminds you that's pretty good news that it is, it's Christmas Day, right? Uh, maybe it's that you made a sport team. Maybe it's that, uh, that you made, somebody in first service mentioned student council. Maybe it's that you got an A on a test that you thought for sure you were going to get like a D or even lower on, right? Does anybody have, what's like some good news that you guys have, have heard before? Does anybody have an, have an answer? James? Ooh, like a video game? Nice. So he said a game that he had waited forever to come out finally came out. Yes, Landon. Tom Brady did not make it on the Madden 22 cover, which Matt was really excited about that as well. That's good news. <laughs> the, boy, the boys in the back. Uh, any, anybody else? Anybody else? Have you, have you had some good news? Maybe one more? Anybody? Good, good. Good, some good news. Well, we came home to uh, we came home to some good news last night. So you may not have known this. <laughs> Matt, the big announcement that's happening now. Uh, we... we Came home to some good news last night. You may not know, but we had Saturday night services here at the church last night. And so my family went to the earlier service, and then we went out to eat. And by the time we were getting home, it was probably like 7.30, getting close to 8 o'clock. And we just thought we were going to come home, put the boys to bed, and uh, start making our way to, to bed, me and my wife ourselves. And to our surprise, we got some good news that our house had been egged, which not like 
rotten eggs all over our house. That's bad news of being egged, right? But good news, there's some eggs, there's some specks of color in our yard, in our mulch. They were in trees, they were in the grass, and our sweet neighbors, we found out later because we, we asked them, we said, please confess because we don't want strangers to have egged our house, but they had egged our house. And Owen, our three-year-old, he's right there in that picture coming out of the house with his bucket, his basket ready to collect them. He just, like his eyes just lit up. Like think about being a three-year-old and he got all these pops of color, these little eggs in your yard. It was really good news for Owen. It was good news for us because we got to have fun. Uh, Samuel, our 18-month-old, is like waddling around the yard trying to pick up these eggs. And uh, if I'm being honest, Owen would see, oh, Samuel's going for that egg. And he'd swoop in and like snatch it for himself, right, and put it in his own basket. So in the end, Owen had like twice or three times as many eggs as Samuel did. But mom and dad helped little Sammy out. So, uh, but it was fun. It was, it was really good news to, to come home and, and see that. So uh, good news can come in, in many shapes and sizes, many different forms, right? And a, a lot of times we talk about the Bible, we talk about uh, Jesus as good news. In fact, we use a word uh, that we, we say gospel, right? That the gospel is good news. But it, it's not good news in the same way that finding eggs at your house is, is good news, or even that you made the team, even though those are types of good news, right? But this is a specific kind of good news. James, do you have a, a thought on this? Oh, your house got egged too. How many of you, your house has been egged? Has anybody ever had your house egged? Like the good kind of egging. I had my mailbox when I was younger, the bad kind of egging, and that didn't go very well. But so, so this good news, uh, this good news, oftentimes we say the word gospel in church, which means good news. Uh, originally, the word gospel or good news in the Greek was this word angelion, okay? Or angelion. You could say it kind of a diff- some different ways, right? Angelion or angelion. Uh, angelion or euangelion. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Euangelion. Uh, this be- actually means good news. Remember that the Bible was written not in English for the first time, but the first half, the Old Testament, uh, was written in Aramaic and Hebrew, and then the New Testament was written in Greek. And so this euangelion or euangelion uh, was the Greek word that now we translate as good news. And this just wasn't just like, oh, hey, in ancient Israel, your, your house has been egged. That's, that's good news, right? Or, uh, hey, you made the, the soccer team where nobody wears shoes because we, all we have is sandals. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that kind of good news. It was like major news where messengers would go from town to town to share this news, oftentimes on, on foot. Like they'd be running as fast as they can to get the word out, to get the message out. And the good news that they were bringing was news of a new king, a new ruler. Hey, hey, somebody, like the old king is dead. The new king is now here. It's a start of a new age, a new era. So in some ways, like imagine, it's not exactly the same way, right? But, but imagine if somebody was coming door to door whenever there was like a new principal at your school, right? Or if there was a new governor or if there was a new president, people are like running from house to house or from town to town announcing it. Hey, we got a new principal. Uh, that's in some ways what, what this would have been. And so these people would have been running, sharing this good news about a new king. Why is this important? Well, when Jesus came to earth, when he started his public ministry, when he started teaching, when he started healing, he was teaching about and, and doing miracles that pointed to good news. What was the good news? That there was a king that was inviting them to be under his rule and reign. 
King, King God. That, that God's kingdom was now open for all to be a part of. And so now what we celebrate on Easter is the full opening of this kingdom. That Jesus lived a perfect life that none of us could ever live. That he died a death that all of us deserved. That he took on the cross, that he took on sin and death for all of us, for all of time. And that when he rose again, that he had conquered sin and death. That no longer would, would physical death be final for us. But that we would get to, if we would trust and believe in him, get to spend it with him for eternity. And that no longer would sin define us. Would sin consume us? But when Jesus rose from the grave, he conquered death and he conquered sin. That now we can be defined as children or people of God's kingdom, not just people who are stuck in our sin. Jesus made a way for these things to happen. And if there was no resurrection, then the way was not made. But that's what we celebrate on Easter that he did rise from the dead, that there is a way for us to be a part of God's kingdom and that as Jesus came, again, he was teaching and pointing back to and inviting people into this good news that you can be under the rule and reign of a new king, the true king, King, king Jesus. So John chapter 20, we're gonna actually look in verses 11 through 18. They're gonna appear on the screen. And we're gonna see a a lady, her name's Mary Magdalene. We actually read a little bit about her last week. And we're gonna see where it's, it's, uh, remember, so Jesus is crucified on Friday, which is what we celebrated on Good Friday, if you came here to church, or maybe uh, you guys were talking about it as a family. So Good Friday is the the Friday that Jesus was crucified. He's in the grave the rest of Friday. He's in uh, the grave in the tomb all day Saturday, and then Sunday comes the third day, and this is where people started to show up to to grieve, to anoint his body with different oils. They start to show up and start to realize, hey, Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. The resurrection has happened, even though they didn't quite realize it when they poked in. In fact, if you remember from last week, uh, Mary and, and some of the disciples, they're like, what? Where, where does his body go? Who, who took it? And in fact, we're going to see her react in a similar way in these verses. So Mary's at the tomb. She's actually come to grieve Jesus. Remember, Jesus was, at this point, he was a close friend to a lot of these people, but he also was a mentor. He was someone that they looked up to. And, and he was somebody that they had put like all of their hope into, pun intended. They'd kind of put like all their eggs in his basket. They thought that Jesus was going to uh, bring in this new kingdom, but they didn't quite understand what what he meant by that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple minutes. So here we go. Verse 11, John chapter 20. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Remember, she's grieving. And as she wept, she she stooped to look into the tomb. So she kind of gets down and peeks in. And verse 12 says that she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So kind of get the picture here, right? She's at the tomb. She's weeping. She looks in. She looks in, and she's surprised maybe to find that there are two people in there. There's two angels, actually, which this is an interesting interaction with the angels here, because normally if you read your Bible uh, and, and you come to a, a place where there's angels that appeared, people are normally like fearful. They're afraid. They're f- filled with fear and trembling, right? Like, oh man, what, what's happening? Because they're, they're these he- heavenly angelic beings. 
But for some reason, Mary just like has seemingly has this casual conversation with them, right? Hey, lady, why, why are you crying? Well, my, my Lord, his body's not here. There doesn't seem to be any fear, any trembling. That's just something kind of interesting, right? So she has this conversation, again, pretty casual with, with these angels. And then verse 14 says, having said this, having had this conversation, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. So she has a casual conversation with the angels, doesn't really realize who or what she's in the presence of. And then she turns around to see Jesus. You'd think that at this point she'd freak out because Jesus has been in the tomb. He's dead. Now she doesn't see his body in there. She thinks that his body's been taken away. When she turns and sees Jesus, wouldn't she be like ecstatic? Wouldn't she be excited? Like, oh my goodness, what you said is true. Wouldn't things start to click for her? And yet she kind of seems to have another casual conversation with him. Let's see what happens? Verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. So she like just seems all kinds of, kinds of confused, mixed up, like, but, but it's Jesus. But she says, oh, you're the gardener. Sir, if, if you, almost like maybe she's even accusing him. If you have taken him away, tell me where he is and I'll go get his body. I'll give him a proper burial. I'll put him back where he is supposed to be, where he's supposed to be at rest. So she doesn't get the angels. She doesn't seem to get like, oh, that this is actually Jesus risen from the grave until... Jesus, verse 16, said to her, Mary, just one word, her name. And in that moment, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And really it means my dear teacher. Jesus said to her, verse 17, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he said these things to her. So doesn't get the angels, doesn't get Jesus until Jesus turns to her and says, Mary. And you can imagine, maybe it was in the way that he said it, but, but, it, but it carried some sort of weight that he not just knew her name, but he knew her. That they had history together, that they had done life together, that he cared about her, that he loved her, that he had compassion on her. Maybe even flashbacks to the moment where he forgave her in a moment when he calls her name or says her name, it just floods back and all of a sudden things click. No, this isn't the gardener. No, Jesus' body hasn't just been taken away by somebody, stolen by somebody. This is my dear teacher, Rabboni. This is my God. This is my Lord. This is my Savior. This is my friend. This is my, my God. This is him. So why couldn't she get it before? Why does it take Jesus saying her name to to? to have all of these things start to click, to, I think, for the very first time, she believes that Jesus really was who he said he was. I think before she was clouded by some of her emotions, clouded by her circumstances, and clouded by her expectations. She came to the tomb to weep. She came to the tomb to grieve. 
And rightly so, she had lost a very close friend and a mentor, somebody she looked up to, somebody she put a lot of, a lot of hope in. She came to, to grieve that. And, and then when she gets there, she's, she stoops in, sees these two guys, doesn't seem to understand who they are or what's happening. When she sees Jesus, she thinks that he's a gardener. And I think, I think she just didn't quite get that what Jesus said really was true. And he, he told his disciples, his close friends, multiple times, I'm going to die, but I will come back. I will rise again. And I think that Mary and the disciples and certainly people who didn't know Jesus as well, they all had certain ideas about Jesus. They thought that, okay, yeah, he was gonna come in and bring a new kingdom. That's what this good news thing's all about, right? But the, the new kingdom's gonna mean he's gonna take our enemies, our oppressors, which at this point were the Romans. He's gonna take them, do away with them, defeat them with some, some sort of crazy army, and then we will rule and reign with him again. He will be our king, we will be his people, and that's how this thing is gonna go down. But if you think that that's what Jesus was and then he dies on a cross, that hope is gone. Those dreams are crushed. Who you thought Jesus was apparently wasn't actually who he was. And I wonder if, if some of us in this room have, have similar thoughts, not necessarily, not necessarily that Jesus, he's supposed to establish rule and reign. He, Jesus is supposed to be our president, right? Or, or, or something like that. But, but maybe in your own mind, you have certain expectations about who God is. Maybe you think that God's supposed to be a little bit more like a genie where you can go to him and kind of rub the lamp, just say the right words in your prayer and whatever you ask, he's gonna grant. It's not, not quite who he is. Maybe you thought that, that believing in Jesus, it, it meant that all of your struggles, all of your pain, all of your suffering, that all of it's gonna go away, that things are gonna go really well for your family and that that's what life was gonna be. That's not quite who he is either. Maybe you thought that, that God would be somebody who just, as you started to open up the Bible, you would see that he agrees with everything that you believe to be true about life or about your family. Or, but that's, that's not how it tends to be either. He tends to be that when we open our Bibles, we're challenged by who God is and how he's called us to live. I wonder if some of us in this room, maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus yet because you haven't really been looking at the real Jesus to begin with. But just these ideas and these thoughts and these expectations. And you haven't let God speak for himself, whether through the word or, or through some of your small group leaders or maybe somebody who stands on a stage like me and shares the word. I wonder if there's somebody in here who if you were just able to see who Jesus really was, that you might really believe in him. Mary, in, in a word, just at the sound of her name, crumbles and, oh my goodness, my Lord, my Savior, my teacher. And she recognizes that this is Jesus. What's Jesus's response to her? Hey, don't cling to me. We've, we've only got so much time. I haven't yet ascended. I haven't yet gone away. Go and tell the disciples. Go and tell them about the things that you have seen and this interaction that you and I have had together. If you're somebody who, maybe on the flip side, has believed in Jesus, 
Here's where the good news of the gospel becomes the best news of your life. It's when you believe it to be true, you live like it's true, and you share it with others. Mary, don't, don't, don't just stand here. We, we can't just have this moment forever. This is not, this is not the end. It's, it's in so many ways a, a new beginning. Go and tell the disciples about what you have seen and thousands of years later, 2,000 years later, here you and I are and the same invitation remains. Come and see him. Accept the invitation, but don't just stay there but go out and live this new life. See, here's, here's maybe a, an expectation that some of us have is that, hey, well, if I just believe in Jesus, then eventually when I die, I get to go to heaven. I get to be with him forever. And yes, that's partly true, but life with Jesus is not meant to just happen when we get to heaven. It's meant to start right now that we would start in some small way loving like Jesus, having compassion like Jesus, forgiving like Jesus, inviting other people into the kingdom of God to be with Jesus. So the good news of the gospel becomes the best news in your life when you start living it out and sharing it with other people. So I don't know where you are this morning, what your thoughts are about Jesus, about the gospel. Have you really... Have you really spent time considering the good news and why it is the best news of all time? But maybe if there's somebody in here who you've been feeling a tug or a pull, maybe you've been just a little bit more curious than you've ever been before about Jesus, what would happen if you just, if you just asked God, hey, Lord, I've got these thoughts about you, but would you help me to see the true you? Then on the other side, if you've already believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what does it look like for you and for for me to really start living out this kingdom of God in, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, on our sports teams? What does it look like, much like Jesus tells Mary, hey, go share it with other people. What does it look like in your life to share this good news with others? This is Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, having interactions with people like Mary, like the one we just read about, then none of this matters. But he did. It's true. He is alive and well, and the kingdom of God is still advancing and moving all throughout the world. People are being brought from death to life, even in this very moment. And God's invited us to be a part of that. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for everything that we get to celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Jesus, for for your life, for your death, for your resurrection, for continuing to be with, with God the Father at his right hand. Father, I pray that for those in this room who have not yet trusted in, in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we pray that maybe they would do it right now, that they would have a conversation with you pray for those of us who have that, God, you would help us to to live out the life that you have called us to, invite us into with the people around us, with our friends, our neighbors, our families. As hard as it may be, God, the life that you have invited us into is, is the fullest, most abundant life. So help us to taste that a little bit more each day. We love you, Lord. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.